We began this month of October considering worship. Let me walk you back over the ground that we've tread very, very quickly. The first Sunday in October, we looked at Isaiah's vision, this awesome vision of of the Lord high and lifted up, the train of his robe filling the temple, the, the smoke filling that place, the angels all around singing his praises. And as we looked at that, we considered worship as our response to God's revelation of himself. As God reveals himself in his glory, we cannot help but worship. The next week, we consider our own sense of desperation for the Lord. That we might be hungry and thirsty after him. We looked at praise the following week. Praise being an expression of our love and affection and adoration of of our God. And then this past week, we did something a little bit differently by stripping everything away, having no music and no bulletins and all those things, and, and simply looking at what is needed for us to worship, the presence of God and the presence of God's people. Today, on the last day of this month, So we kind of wrap up this series of messages. We want to look at worship not as something that we do on Sundays, not as something that's isolated to to a place or isolated to a certain day. You and I both know that that's not worship how it's supposed to be. We know that worship is supposed to be more than that, but unfortunately what happens is we tend to compartmentalize it and shift it over into this little segment of our lives called we're going to worship. But today, my prayer, my hope is that God will begin to expand your understanding, your vision of what worship truly is so that worship can be for you a way of life. Worship is not so much a matter of what we do as an expression of who we are. That's kind of foundational for our understanding of worship. It is not simply something that we do. It is a matter of who we are. We are God's creation. We were created in the image and likeness of God. We are God's children. We have been saved through the shedding of the precious blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ. We were created for fellowship with God. We were created to worship Him. Our lives are to bring Him glory in all that we say, in all that we think, and in all that we do. Our lives are to bring God glory. Consider the call of Scripture. Romans chapter 11. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. It all comes from Him. It all goes back to Him. And He deserves the praise and the honor and the glory. And you know those words by a man here on this earth as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Those words are in many ways echoed in the halls of heaven. Listen to the 24 elders as they issue their proclamation. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. God is worthy of our worship. And we were created to worship Him. It sounds like a perfect fit. Would you pray with me?
Heavenly Father, as we have come into this moment and this place and this time to be a part of a group worshiping you, we pray, Father, that we would leave as worshipers and that we would live as worshipers and that, Father, our lives might bring glory to you. For this we pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. In order to help us to understand worship as a way of life, there are a couple of scripture passages I would like us to consider. The first is in the book of Romans. If you want to open in your scriptures there, Romans chapter 12, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. If you didn't bring your Bibles uh, or left it out on the table when you were getting refreshments earlier today, that's okay. We'll put it up on the screen for you. Romans chapter 12, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Here's what we're going to find there. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. For this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then if you'll flip up just a few more pages to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, very next book you encounter, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, just verse 31, we're going to drill down on that one. And here we read, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Some key truths I'd like us to pluck out of these verses this morning that can help us to understand our lives as worshipers. And the first truth is this. Worship is a response to God's revelation of himself. Worship is a response to God's revelation of himself. What did we read? Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy... Worship is not something we manufacture. It is not something that we force. It is not something that we fake it until we make it. A lifestyle of worship arises from a constant awareness of God's presence and a consistent openness to receiving His truth. A constant awareness of God's presence, a consistent openness to receiving His truth. In view of God's mercies, his love, his forgiveness toward us who don't deserve it, we are to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. In other words, we are to remember the presence of God and remember the blessings of God as he reveals himself to us. And here is my theory. The reason that for many of us, worship is isolated to a certain block on a certain day of the week is because that is the only time we give thought to the presence of God in our lives. Now, this is not meant to be accusatory because I'm just as guilty as you are. It is very easy to try to shove that part of our lives as worshipers into a little box and put it over in the corner so we can get it again on Sunday mornings. One of the reasons that that I try not to dress a whole lot differently on Sunday than I dress the rest rest of the time during the week is not that I'm trying to disrespect God by not wearing a coat and tie. It's just that I want all of my life to be worshipped. I don't want it to be putting on my Sunday clothes 
my church clothes and for my life to be different because I'm dressed differently on Sunday than I live on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. My life is to be consistent. I am called to be a worshiper, and I will be a worshiper if I am aware constantly of the presence of God and I'm open to what God is trying to say to me because i got to tell you, God is trying to speak to us. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That is not something that Jesus was saying to unbelievers. That's what he was saying to the church. He's standing at the door and knocking. And if we will simply open it up, he will come in to us and he'll sit down and have dinner with us. He'll be a part of our lives. And so here's our first truth, our first understanding that, that worship is a response to God as he reveals himself to us. Secondly, worship is the daily giving of ourselves fully to the Lord. Notice two words underlined, daily and fully. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Now both Jews and Gentiles would have been very much aware of the sacrificial system. Animals were killed and put up on an altar and burned up. That was just kind of normal. Now the Jews had a little different understanding of this because for, for, for the Jewish mindset, the reason those sacrifices are, are given to us, one of the powerful things about them is it helped them to understand just how bad sin was. Because you see, blood had to be shed for sin. And so day after day, after people, as people came to the temple, it was a bloody, bloody place. There was blood flowing all the time from sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. And these were indications of the sin of the people and the price of sin, the terrible high price of sin. It was a constant reminder to people. But you and I are not called to bring a bull or a lamb or a dove to have its blood shed and then have it consumed on an altar. You and I are called to be living sacrifices. Not dead animals. Living sacrifices. We're to be the offering. We're to be the sacrifice. But we're not to have our blood drained and our bodies consumed on an altar. Our sacrifice is somehow different, but no less significant. Each and every day, you and I must be willing to lay ourselves upon the altar, consciously choosing Jesus as Lord, and we're not. This is what the Scripture says. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to to God in Christ Jesus. Notice, count yourselves as dead as that bull, as dead as that calf, as dead as that lamb, as dead as that dove. Count yourselves dead to sin so that you can live in and through Christ Jesus. When we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, we're saying this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Christ Jesus lives in me. 
The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the one who loved me, the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I no longer live. How different is that message than the message you get from commercials that encourage you to live it up? That it is all about you what you want, what you desire, what you need in your life to make you happy. That is not the message that we get here. It's not the message Jesus gave us when he basically told people, come and die. It's not the message we read in the New Testament where we're told to count ourselves dead to sin, offer ourselves as living sacrifices, being crucified with Christ. Worship is the daily giving of ourselves fully to God. Third, worship leads us to action. Worship leads us to action. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now you go, well, my, my scripture says something a little bit different. How do I put that together with what, what you just read from the New International Version? Let me walk you through it really quickly. This is not going to be some heavy, in-depth Greek thing, but it will help you to understand what these terms mean. The word translated spiritual, this is your spiritual act of worship, comes from the Greek word logikia, from which we get our word logic. And so it can mean spiritual, but it can also mean rational or reasonable. So what is being said here? What is being said is this sacrifice that we are to make only makes sense. It is reasonable. It is understandable. It is sensible that we would do such a thing. The word for worship, this is your spiritual act of worship. The word for worship is not one that we've encountered yet in our study of worship through this month. Typically, the word that we've seen as worship means to bow down or to honor. Here, the word of worship is tied to what the priests did in the temple. In other words, these were actions in service to God. Won't this blow our minds when it comes to worship? It is about bowing down before the presence of the Almighty. But it's also about serving Him with every fiber of our being. It is not just some stationary, stagnant kind of thing that we do with no motion and no activity. I want to tell you something right now. There are some acts of worship that are taking place right over here in our child care as these people serve the lord with the gifts and talents and time that god has given them there are some acts of worship that are going on right now over in our student worship center in powerhouse right now as those volunteers come together and as they serve those children they are serving the lord and as those children are jumping around and doing all the interactive kinds of stuff that they're doing they are worshiping it is with action it is not so much just sitting and soaking it is not simply kneeling at an altar somewhere it is as we serve him it is our spiritual act of worship it is a reasonable service of worship that we offer to him it is just as isaiah put it here am i 
send me. That is the response that God wants from our worship. Here am I, send me. What is it that you want me to do? Do you want me to kneel? Do you want me to stop? Do you want me to take a break from my busy life and dwell in your presence? Very well, I'll do that. Do you want me to take this $10, the last 10 bucks I have out of my wallet, and give it to this person in need? Okay, God, if that's what you're calling me to do, that is just as much a spiritual act of worship as when I kneel right here. Whatever it is that God is calling us to do, that is our spiritual act of worship. God deserves that. And if we've given ourselves to Him as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to Him, then we will give ourselves to Him no matter what the call is. Here am I. Send me. I want to ask you today, are you willing to say that to God? Are you willing to open yourself up and say, God, whatever it is, my answer is yes, even before I know the assignment. Worship leads us to service. Fourth, worship involves every part of our lives. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If worship becomes a way of life for us rather than something that we do here and there during the week, then it must be something that involves every moment and every part of our lives. Nothing left out. Wow. Jesus called us to be light, the light of the world. But Jesus also said this, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. As we live out this life of worship, responding to what God reveals to us, meeting the needs as they arise, stopping to worship as God calls us to do it, witnessing to someone on the aisle at Publix or Ingalls. As we do that, as people see these good deeds in our lives, it's not that they're going to point to us and say, wow, look how good you are. That's not what we're trying to get people to do. What we want people to say is, wow, what a great God you worship. What a great God you serve. We want people to see our good deeds, but thank God for them but if they're going to see our good deeds we have to be doing them I was challenged when I was a Christian in college with a a very sobering question if it were against the law to be a, a Christian would there be enough evidence in your life to convict you If it were against the law to be Christian, would there be enough evidence in your life to get a conviction? For those who live as worshipers, the answer would be yes. Absolutely. Bring it on. You see, worship is not simply a matter of inner contemplation during our quiet time. It is not simply a a matter of coming together and celebrating with God's people on a Sunday morning. It is not simply the sense of awe and wonder that we experience as we watch the sun rise or see a beautiful sunset. Worship is your life glorifying God. Your deeds glorifying God. 
Your words glorifying God. Your thoughts glorifying God all the time and everywhere. Let me be the first to say, I haven't arrived at that place yet. I'm not there yet. I will confess to you that I have not taken every thought captive and put it under the Lordship of Christ. I will confess to you that I have not tamed my tongue and put the reins in the hands of Christ. I will confess to you that my hands and my feet are not fully given to Him 24 hours a day. I am very much a living sacrifice. And I very often crawl off the altar. But I have received salvation by grace through faith because of the precious work that Jesus has done in shedding His blood on the cross for me. And I have received the promised Holy Spirit to indwell me and to empower me and to give me life, changing me from the inside out. And God has placed within me a desire, a craving, a longing to live as a worshiper, to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Him. 24-7, 24-7, 365. In seminary, I was taught that we live between the now and the not yet. I am not yet all that I've been called to be. But I am right now a child of God. And I choose as a child of God. You choose, as a child of God, to crawl back onto the altar and be a living sacrifice. Before we wrap this up, I I want to share one more little portion of Scripture with you. It's very powerful. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. And if I can just take a step backwards, when we're told to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, the tense of that verb is continuous. We are to continually offer ourselves as living sacrifices. And here we see that we are to continually offer God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess His name. It is to be something verbal. It is to be something spoken. It is to be something that comes from our mouths and into the world and up to God. A sacrifice of praise from our lips. But it it goes on. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. If you came in thinking... That worship is simply what I do on Sunday morning as I sing and as I pray. That is worship. That is the totality of what God expects from my life. Read verse 16 again. As I do good 
I share with others. Those are the sacrifices that God is looking for from my life. Don't shortchange Him. Whatever you do, whatever you do, changing diapers, washing dishes, filling out paperwork, doing your taxes, casting your vote, counting cars in the parking lot, giving out candy at trunk or treat, singing in the choir, playing in a praise band, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God.